on today's show, KB and I are extremely excited for the season seven premiere of The Walking Dead, which airs this Sunday, October 23rd on AMC. And we discuss potential rumors for the upcoming season, as well as recap the previous seasons. And on the final countdown, we rank the top three characters we wish were still on the show. Yes, tensions are running high, and you'd best believe we'll be cursing his name on the freaking Negan edition of Free Your Geek. When I was a kid, I asked my grandpa once if he ever killed any Germans in the war. He wouldn't answer. He said that was grown-up stuff, so... So I asked if the Germans ever tried to kill Ham. But he got real quiet. He said he was dead the minute he stepped into enemy territory. Every day he woke up. Told himself, rest in peace. Now get up and go to war. And then after a few years of pretending he was dead, he made it out alive. And that's the trick of it, I think. We do what we need to do, and then we get to live. But no matter what we find in D.C., I know we'll be okay. Because this is how we survive. We tell ourselves that we are the walking dead. And welcome to Free Your Geek. I am your host, Jay Free. In the studio, my loyal co-host, KB. What's up, brother? I am excited. I am very excited. Me too. Uh, so this is a theme show, as most of our shows are. And next week, or this Sunday, so mm -hmm. by the time we release this on Friday, it'll be this Sunday, the 23rd, uh, The Walking Dead is back. It's back. Season 7 on AMC. Can you believe it? Does it seem like it's been that long? I was actually talking about this to a friend, and like we were just discussing certain characters, and we're like, that was like four years ago, yeah. which is insane when you think about it. So very, very excited um, for, for 
season seven. Uh, and there's no excuse not to watch Walking Dead yeah. because it's on Netflix. So if you're somebody who's like behind and you want to catch up, you yeah. can always catch if, up as long if, as you have Netflix. If you're behind, typical per our show, yep. spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about seasons one through six of what's been going on. So no excuses. You, yeah. So let's let's just get that out of the way right now. Um yeah, so we're going to actually recap seasons one through six on the show. Very, very bullet pointed. Which is good because, you know what, there is so much that goes on in this show. It's good to kind of jog the memory a little bit. Some what, of the stuff. What's been going on? Yeah, just some of the highlights, um, some of the things that I think have been going on or worth noting. Uh, we have some industry news to get into, just mm-hmm. some, uh, some stuff. Again, just one more time, I want to put it out there. We're going to be going through season six. So if you're, if you're not caught up, stop right now. Okay. KB, do you have anything to add before we go into industry news? Or do you want to get right? A uh, couple things, actually. Go uh, for it. Uh, thanks to Jax last week for filling in for me. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. Jax with her her trivia and uh, yeah, so there's some there's some good stuff. She definitely wants yep. to be on again. So and and didn't I say something on a previous show about? Um, didn't I say something about uh, Wolverine going away in the movies and X twenty three? Yeah, you did. And, and, and uh, I, the, I the trailer. The trailer launched close. today, uh, shared to our Facebook page, yep. uh, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the yep. new poster was released. I yep. shared that as well, and then our covers this week were also awesome, but we'll get yep. into that at the end. But yeah, good call. Yep. And, you know, not to say you're Nostradamus, but you also mentioned the Ghost Rider thing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. which is... Oh, y- oh you know what? I forgot about that, yeah. <coughs> it's been a phenomenal show, by the way. It's it's This this season's been really, really yep. good. But so, I don't, don't want to get too off topic, though. Let, let, let's uh, get into some uh, Walking Dead. Let's get into. Let's start with some industry news, well, and then do you want to re or do you want to recap first? No, let's go with the news. Let's go. Let's go with some industry news. Just uh, two two quick pieces. Well, not necessarily quick, but want to talk about this a little bit. Um, Credit this source right here. This is from, it's a weird website. I've never been to it. io9.gizmodo.com. I have no clue. Heard of Gizmodo. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't. So uh, it's very interesting, and this is very telling, and I haven't seen this yet, but AMC shared an Instagram photo on Friday that teases a major comic book plot point, the arrival of the Whisperers. Yeah, so so those that may not be familiar. Yeah, KB is at obviously a member of the Whisperers. Um, Basically, for those that aren't familiar with the comic books, these Whisperers are a murderous cult whose members disguise themselves from the Walkers by wearing their skin. So we remember the scenes where Rick, you know, basically rubbed Walker guts on them to get Mm -hmm. moved through the herd. Same idea, except these people... People live this way. Live this way. They wear their skin. Yep. they don't kill the undead, though, uh, instead no. saving their ravenous bloodlust for the living. Um, the photo hints at one of the r- uh, rampages from the comics. Uh, basically, they attack some of the, the characters. Yep. The, some, some of the, the pa- One of the patrols, I forget the exact Alexandrians, characters. and, they, and yep. we're not going to spoil that in case you haven't read the comic book, but basically what they do is they kill some of these, these Alexandrians, and they put their heads on spikes. Yep. Basically, like this is the border, this is the line, do not cross it. Mm-hmm. And they kill some prominent members of the cast or, or the main characters from the comic. I remember when they came into the comic, I'm like, these guys are kind of scary. <coughs> like the way they were introduced. Oh, absolutely. It, it was actually, it's very rarely rare that I think you see a scary moment in comics that's scary like that. That's, uh, yeah. you know, oh, I absolutely tense, agree. very tense. Because uh, in the panels, when you start seeing these 
zombies uh, walkers talk, you don't get it at first. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're not used yeah, to like, oh yeah. my god, have they grown intelligent? Yeah. Or, or what's so it was kind of scary. It was good writing. And and they might have already alluded to it because um, again, the KB already kind of talked about it. But the whispers get their name from the fact they only speak in whispers to stay hidden. And they could have been alluded to all the way back in season three, episode clear. So that's the episode where Morgan, mm-hmm. Rick, Michonne, and Carl stumble upon a crazy Morgan, out yep. of his mind Morgan. And he basically says, uh, he rants and he talked about seeing people wearing dead people faces, which may have, many have taken to mean the whisperers. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I would like, if that was like a long-term planning, because I don't know if the whisperers were actually part of the overall comic book plot when season three was happening. I don't know if they were actually created in the comics yet. I don't remember the timing of it. I, but I, mean, it I read the trades. So it could have been, or maybe sure. maybe the whispers actually spawned from the TV show. Maybe they were the creation point. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know it's the timeline on it, but there's another fan theory, and I don't know if you read this. I don't. I don't watch Fear of the Walking Dead. Do you? Do you? You don't watch that either. I watched the first season, second season. I, I didn't get. Into but there's it. there's some fans theorizing that Fear of the Walking Dead is actually the origins of the Whisperers. That's an interesting theory. Because again, I haven't seen the seen the series itself. Uh, some of the feedback I get from a lot of the fans though is that all the characters are very unlikable. Yes. Which that's why I don't watch it. Which is interesting to me. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe those characters, because they're so unlikable, maybe they become the jerks and the assholes that become the whispers. <laughs> that's in, that's an interesting. It is an interesting interesting theory. So so you're obviously up to date with the comics, yeah. right? Well, I'm like six or seven issues. Okay, but you've you've seen yeah. you've seen the scene. You have seen all the, the whisper scene stuff, yeah, with the heads yeah, on. Yeah. So and I, I'm not gonna again. Not no, we don't want to go too it, far into it. But there's certain main characters yep. that. Are, could potentially be the heads on those poles. Uh, we'll talk off air, but yeah, mm. I'm I'm mouthing to Kevin. I'm actually whispering to Kevin right now, <laughs> who who I'm talking about. But yeah, that's that's a cool that's a cool concept. I'm curious to see the special effects on The Walking Dead is phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how the special effects work with for yeah. the whispers work. I'm wondering if they're going to just do like I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. Is you're already you're already putting makeup on people to be walkers but now you're kind of like doing almost like an outer layer latex of, layer yeah, of like, walkers that people are then going to wear and try to make it look realistic that's going to be interesting mm. can't wait to see what they do with that but and that's also a good point though because um one of the cool things about each season of the walking dead is you see the walkers continue to degenerate like each season like mm-hmm. the first season they still look somewhat human just a little bit deformed but as the series progresses and the years pass they become more and more um, decomposed. Uh, de- I don't know what the word is. Decomposed. Decomposed. De- decomposed. Thank you. I was yep. going to say decomposition. Apparently, English is my second language over here. Today. Yeah, uh, yeah today, specifically. I'm also a little bit sick, so I'm going to blame it on the medication Ooh. that I'm on. Um, you get a pass. Yeah, I, I've been bit by a walker. I have the fever. It's the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's the first piece of industry news. The other interesting thing before we move on, though. Oh, go for it. Go for it. About the whispers is that, um, you know, the whisperers isn't just, I, I think, when, when we seen them in the comics, it was, okay, here are these people that dress up. But what we find out, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, is that with these people, it's a way of life, and it's an idea, and it's a philosophy. So it runs r- way deeper than survival. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, it's like a cult. Like yeah. We, you know, and it's, 
Which, which is kind of a strange cult to be in, to be surrounded right. by well, things that can I mean, eat you. In the span of The Walking Dead, we've seen cannibals. Yeah. You know, we've seen wolves. We've seen uh, the governor and his, you know. Yeah. So the Whisperers are more of a definition of The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I'm just saying, but we've seen, yeah. we've seen the uh, extremities, the extreme yeah. different groups of people. That's what makes the show so interesting, is the characters that they can just introduce well, and, in and factions and... You know, for fans of just the show that aren't familiar with the comics, there's a lot of liberties as well in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, the governor in the TV show is nothing like the governor no, not in at the all. comics, um, which, you know, is good and bad. There's good, there's pluses and minuses. Negan so far seems as close as they can get without all the cursing. Right. So, yeah, Negan, Negan every other word out of an his F mouth bomb. is an F. So, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. All right, piece number two. Yeah. Well, this comes from AMC, the network of The Walking Dead. Cool. They actually put out a interview uh, with the actor that plays Morgan, and I just I hi- highlighted a couple of different questions that I think are uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, KB, do you want to take the first one? Uh, if you want, it's uh, the Morgan and yeah. Carol. Yeah. So uh, Morgan and Carol are the first to meet some of the armored residents of the kingdom. Uh, do you think Morgan has a reason to trust them? So this was the question AMC, I guess, posed to to the to the actor. Yes. Uh, so he answers, the strange thing about it is that the first sight he gets of them, although he doesn't know it, is preventing Rick from shooting one of them. The first time he speaks to one of them is just after Morgan has killed someone and broken his own belief system. Um, if you watch the scene, his first instinct after killing one of the saviors is to actually reach for the gun and contemplate killing again. So it's a big moment when Morgan reaches out his hand. He's betrayed himself and has succumbed to the things he's been telling everyone else not to succumb to, even though it's in defense of another life. So that's interesting. So Morgan, for you know, basically has this like whole Zen epi- kind yeah, of thing. epiphany, a yeah. Zen thing where he's basically all life is precious, and he doesn't. Even though, for example, the wolves are coming and killing people, he just tells them to leave. He doesn't want to fight them. He's like, get out of here. I'm gonna have to fight you if you don't. So kind of like almost yeah. like a last resort type of thing. So he ends up saving Carol's life by shooting one of the saviors who was after Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is a very good point. Like Essentially, he's betrayed his own belief system, so where does he go from there? So Yeah, Carol's become become quite the character in the Carol, show. Carol has been the most yeah. evolved character, which is amazing. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll take question number two. Uh, Greg Nicotero confirmed there was a scene that features both Morgan and Ezekiel, who's a new character. And the I scene love in, Ezekiel. Ezekiel is going to be an amazing character. Yeah. But... There's a scene that features both Morgan and Ezekiel in the season seven Comic Con trailer. What was your first impression of the character? What about the fact that there's a tiger on the show now? So he says, I think he's one of the harder characters from the comics to bring to screen, not least because he has a tiger. We lucked out with the casting of Carrie as Ezekiel because he hits exactly the right notes. He has the theatricality of playing Ezekiel, but he's incredibly grounded and incredibly real, even as the king. I think he's an iconic figure. One of the things I'm most looking forward to in season seven is our relationship to King Ezekiel and the kingdom and everybody's relationship to the tiger. I can't wait to see the fan reactions. I can't wait to see that tiger. I mean, what we've seen of it so far. The CGI looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Um, (coughs) But... um, the personality of that tiger too, because it's so attached to him. And I'm curious if they're going to go into the story about how he, I, I, I'm assuming they will go into the story about how he came into controlling this tiger. 
Because there is a story behind it from the comic. No, books. there definitely is. Yep. I'm, I mean, they might they might shorten it just for the season. Yep. Um, because I think it's what like a thirteen episode or Something a sixteen like sixteen episode season. Um, so yeah, they might they might like truncate a little bit, but it'd still be it's still a cool cool little side story. Yeah, probably be over by the first half of the season. You know how they split off. Halfway well, that's through. the thing. Going back to the whispers thing. Does that mean the whispers are going to be coming this season? Because they're kind of like fast second for- half of they're kind of fast forwarding the whole Negan stuff. So yeah, I'm curious to well, see. Well, the Negan war though lasts a while. Yeah. So that because that I remember that was like a twelve that was like a twelve issue kind of uh, right. But that might take, line, that so. might they might take those twelve issues and condense it into the first half of the season. But think about how long the governor went. The governor's part. That's that, true. You know what I mean? And that wasn't even near as long. Or as the are war they going to the are they going to run the Negan story concurrent with the whispers? Negan's story was kind of well. Negan's story's not done, right? Comics anyway, right? But he's actually getting involved with the Whisperers at this point in the comics. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Maybe they're going to just kind of overlap everything. Yeah, they could. I, I could see that happening. Do you want to take the next one? You want me to take the uh, next one? Next one is uh, okay. So here's the next question. So Morgan has trouble accepting Rick's rule. As we expand our apocalyptic world, where does Morgan fit? Um, so he goes on to say, I, I genuinely think that Morgan is at the forefront of the most important conversation there is to have at the moment for the group and for our post-apocalyptic story. I think we've gotten to a stage where most of the people we meet now, uh, <clears throat> we meet, know how to survive because they have survived. They've gotten this far. The next question for the group, having contemplating bringing children into this new world, having contemplating setting up communities in the new world, having to put down roots in Alexandria, and now... And how to live on. Now that we know how to survive, how do we live? What rules do we make about how we live? This is interesting. That's that's a great point because he's right. Now now the people you're going to run across, it's been a couple years yeah. in the world of the world. It's not just about survival anymore. Right. Well, yes. It's not just about survival. But he, the, to the prior point you just made, the people you're going to meet in the world now have survived for the two to three years or whatever's passed in the timeline of The Walking Dead. So the people that they run into aren't going to be like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this apocalypse anymore. It's going to be, I've dealt with this they're for experience. the last three years. So they're they're the um, <coughs> in this world of survival of the fittest. You're now getting down to the fittest, right? Because the less people there are, the more fit people there are left, basically. Right, exactly. And now they're like, now that we have these people that know how to survive the survival of the fittest, now what rules do we like basically? And how do we get rid of the bad people that right like Negan? How do we how do we have this life? Not just with the walkers, but now with these extremely bad people no, who right. who may even be more expertise or experienced than us, as we've already seen with Negan in the show, with blocking them off at every entrance, every way they were trying to escape, you know, with all the roadblock barricades. So um, I think it's a good point for the story, and I think it, it's, it lays a new groundwork, because as we know in the comics, they really do start building the communities and... Uh, all these kind of um, trade agreements and all this stuff. It gets, it gets kind of a little bit political sometimes. Um, so I'm curious to see where the show goes with this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's it's a very interesting scenario where, like you said, everybody's already like everybody's a like a a veteran now as yeah. far as like surviving in this apocalypse. So how? Do you move forward? What do you, where where yeah. do you go? How do you take out the bat? Like you said, more people experience. Negan was a tactician, like boxing yeah. these folks in. It's it's yeah. And 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 the thing is, I wonder how much like Hilltop. I thought Hilltop was going to be very strong in the last season, and it wasn't. 
So I'm curious to see how strong it's going to be or it's how much of a presence it's going to have this right. season. Right. And that's because that's a big piece of yeah. the story, too. <coughs> Gotta okay. love Jesus. I am love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is my homeboy. Uh, last question before we get into our recap. Uh, before joining Alexandria, we've mostly known Morgan to be a loner. Do you think living at Alexandria prepared him for navigating the new communities in this bigger world? And he answers, I think since he lost his son, his time in Alexandria was the first time he's lived among other people and had to wake up and consider the concerns and lives of others. That was all tempered by living under Rick's rules. The kingdom, they're meeting him clean and he can arrive there as the man he's trying to be now. It's going to take some navigation because his philosophy works best if you're living on your own in a cabin with a goat, but it's much more difficult if you're surrounded by a township of other people. That's the man who's about to enter the kingdom. And in, in the kingdom, I don't think, is as intense as Alexandria is. True, but it's, it's one of those things, again, here's this man who's very zen, who's very peaceful. Mm. He's very accustomed to being on his own and living that zen type of life now. Yeah. Now you're placing with a bunch of other people who have different ideals and morality and whatnot. As you said, everybody's going to be seasoned. It may be an easier place for him, though, to, to kind of hang out. Very true. Very true. So, yeah, that's some stuff to uh, look forward to in the future. Yeah. I, no, I can't wait for this season. I think this is one of the seasons I've been the most excited for. And it's not even because of the whole way season six ended. It's just I, I think the <coughs> show's to a point where if you've read the comics, you kind of know what's coming and you know to be excited for it. But now that we know what's coming, let's talk about what's happened previously in a segment we call The Next Episode. Previously on Lost. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. Hold up. The next episode, and KB and I are going to basically run through the last six seasons of The Walking Dead, but just very bullet pointy. Yep. So I'm going to go through some of these bullet points, and then when we wrap up, KB, if you want to add anything, feel yep. free to free to jump in. But season one, which ran 2010 through 2011, Rick, our main uh, protagonist, uh, gets shot. He ends up being in a coma. He wakes up and sees that the world has gone to shit. Uh, zombies. They never call them zombies. Nope. Um, so he wakes up to this apocalypse, everybody, you know, all these creatures. He meets the first survivor, Morgan. Isn't it interesting for we, the walkers, right? You call them the walkers. Yes. But in the comic books, they call them roamers. Yes. And then, but we never use the term zombie. I always well, found that interesting. One of the things um, that I believe it was on the AMC, uh, they just had a two hour yep, special. Two hour special. They mentioned that, I believe it's in that two hour special, or I might have read it somewhere else, that this is a world where. Zombie movies do not exist, ah. so they've never even heard, heard of, of the zombie. concept, right? So it's it's a brand new concept for this this world. So I think that's that's kind of cool, and that's why they call it. They have different names and okay. stuff like that. Interesting. So he meets he meets Morgan, first survivor. Um, he's looking for his family, his wife and son. He ends up traveling to Atlanta, Georgia, in search of his family. Only find that Atlanta's overrun by walkers. He's rescued by Glenn, mm -hmm. first first uh, member of the group that he meets. And he's introduced to the rest of the group. He's reunited with Lori. Uh, 
and Carl. Mm-hmm. And then he's reunited with his best friend and partner, uh, Shane. Shane. Yep. And Shane and Lori have been having a relationship now, which he does not find out about yet. But they both have different approaches. Keeping it on the down low. Right. That's not creepy at all. Uh, they have different uh, approaches to keep the peace. Rick is returning to Atlanta for supplies and the man they left behind, which was Merle. And Shane decides to exert his authority over the camp. Toward the end of the season, they end uh, head toward the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. They, the CDC ends up basically blowing up after revealing there's no cure mm-hmm. to that virus or whatever it is, the sickness that caused the walkers. There, there's a, a sort of loophole that I've been thinking about with this. Go for it. Is and, and I know we talk about it later on. I think it's season three with Eugene. Yeah. And how Eugene is like, no, I was lying, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, but you're gunning into my season three predictions. I am. But one of the things I, because wasn't it we were supposed, <laughs> wasn't Eugene, weren't they trying to get back to D.C.? Right. This was, okay. the CDC was okay. in Atlanta, though. The C- okay, the CDC was in Atlanta. Yeah, I thought I'm, I was thinking this was is this towards I thought this was towards DC. No, Eugene was this trying was, to get this was CDC in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to get that get that straightened up. I okay. thought that was uh, anything else to add for season one. Um, I thought that was I. What I really liked about this season was the whole um, when when the, just when Rick first wakes up and the the um they call it the bicycle girl. Yeah. Like that was I think that was the first moment in this show where I was like, huh. Well, they, they film it in such a way that, again, you kind of knew what you were going, like being fan, yep. a fan of the comic, you knew what you were in for, but the viewer that had never seen The Walking Dead gets to experience it as Rick as well because it's something totally yeah you know different. Like you've never seen that. Well, not that they haven't seen zombie flicks before, but you know in this world, you know, you're following Rick's discovery and you're discovering the world at the same time as Rick. So it really puts you behind his eyes yeah. as he's going through. Yeah, when I saw a bicycle world. girl, I was like, "Oh wow, this show is going to be something." <laughs> so uh, season two, which ran from 2011 to 2012, uh, Carol's daughter uh, Sophia goes missing. Carl is accidentally shot, and to save his life, they <laughs> go to a nearby farm, which is uh, helmed by veterinarian Herschel Green. Herschel saves Carl's life. Season two, Rick also learns of Lori's former affair with Shane and her newfound pregnancy. So who's the baby daddy? It's also the start of the Glenn and Maggie Green romance. And Glenn also discovers a hidden collection of walkers in a barn, which is eventually released by an agitated Shane. They also encounter a group, the first group of hostile survivors, uh, resulting in a shootout and the torture of a prisoner as they react to this new threat. Rick ends up letting, wanting to let this uh, prisoner go. Shane unilaterally, unilaterally decides to kill the prisoner without the group's knowledge. Shane decides to take... This was just that group that was attacking the farm, wasn't it? It was a group that basically Herschel, after they killed all the, the walkers in the barn, yep. Herschel went to the local that. town and started drinking. Yep. Rick went after that. him and they ran into yeah. some people. Uh, but then Shane, his jealousy keeps growing. He lures Rick away to actually murder his best friend. He goes to murder Rick. But... Rick Ooh. ends up killing Shane. That scene was so intense. And then Carl ends up seeing this, Rick kill Shane, a guy yeah. who was kind of like his stepfather, his buddy. And then Shane reanimates as a walker, and Carl ends up killing. That was a hell. That was a hell of a scene. That scuffle with Carl shooting Shane, the zombie, the walker Shane, attracts a horde of walkers who overrun the farm, forcing the group to scatter. And that's the end of season two. 
Yeah. Season two was, uh, that was intense. But the thing about season, I remember the, the thing about season two that we heard a lot about <laughs> was that people felt like they were on the farm too long. Yes, yes. It kind of dragged the story a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the cool things, though, I didn't mention about that season is they kind of tie back to season one uh, where Rick reveals what he learned at the CDC. Everyone yeah. is infected and will reanimate even after death, even if they aren't bitten by a walker. So the virus is in them. This was also, this this season, another thing to point out is this is where you also really saw how much of a douchebag Shane was. Yes. Because when he shot Otis, remember when they were trying to get yep. Ed's for Carl? So and they, Otis was yep. a farmhand uh, or, or somebody who was he living was at He was the person who accidentally shark, shot Carl. Shot Carl, but he was living at Herschel's farm. He was hunting farm. dare, yeah. They, in order to save his life, they went to get a respirator. He was... He was, wasn't he Herschel's oldest daughter's boyfriend or something like that? I don't know his relation, but, but that's I know why he, he was, was, he was part of something Herschel's like farm. Yeah. And he ended up going with Shane to get a respirator to save Carl's life. And then basically to get away, Shane shot Otis to let the walkers go after so him. He get and away. Basically, yeah, he baited him and used him as, yep. a, as bait. Douchebag. Douchebag. So, moving right along to season three, which ran from 2012 to 2013. Uh, the survivors make a new home in a prison that's infested with walkers. They clear them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori is pregnant and goes into labor. Maggie is forced to perform a fa- fatal cesarean section. I can't even talk. A fatal cesarean section on Lori, which then Carl realizes that Lori's going to turn yep. and ends up shooting his mother in the head, which to me le- led to one of the most emotional scenes yeah. between Rick and Carl. Um, Rick becomes withdrawn and hallucinates of Lori and others who died, which leads to a scene from the comics, him talking on the phone, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. Uh, Andrea, who who was basically left at the farm yep. last season and kind of they scattered the group, she ends up being uh, rescued by Michonne, but then that, those two are eventually discovered by Merle Dixon, who they had last seen handcuffed to the top of the if, building. If I remember correctly, it was the end of season two where we saw Michonne, wasn't it? The very end where she, she's yes. just walking with the walkers yes. with the swords. So yeah, that that was that was pretty exciting when she came in. Merle takes them to the town of Woodbury, which is yep. led by the governor. Michonne is distrustful and escapes and makes her way, finds her way to the prison where she meets Rick and the group, and then she guides them on a rescue mission because after Michonne left, the governor sent Merle to get her back. He instead ran into Glenn and Maggie, and mm-hmm. he had them captured. Daryl Daryl is briefly uh, leaves the group because he he finds Merle and uh, then then decides that he's more suited to be with the group. His place is in the prison, so he ends up going back. Rick returns to his hometown to gather weapons and ammunition and is confronted by an unhinged Morgan. So this is where Morgan goes from the first survivor that Rick meets, you know, post apocalypse and puts him like basically explains where everything. He hears voices. Where now Morgan's a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Uh, he lost his son. Um, so Rick leaves him with all his craziness. Uh, the governor plans an ambush and Merle thwarts it at the cost of his life. So basically Merle kind of switches sides at some point and ends up joining the, the prison. And mm-hmm. he basically is a, is a tragic character in that way. Andrea ends up fleeing Woodbury after she discovers the governor's intentions. They had a romance. She was kind of falling for him, but then discovers he's kind of a prick and she escapes. That's where people were starting to really hate Andrea as a character. Because she's just she's, you're, you're getting mad. The viewers getting mad. Like, come on, you can't see that this guy's a total dick. Yeah. You're, you're basically abandoning all of your that principles. She, they were thinking that she was totally naive, and she's actually a smarter character right. than what the what the show was. Right. Compared to the comic book, you know what I mean, Jeff. Right. But she ends up getting recaptured by the governor yep. right as she's about to make contact with Rick at the prison. Uh, but 
basically, uh, Woodbury is ambushed by Rick's group as the governor. Well, they, they were trying to break into the prison. They get yep. uh, ambushed by Rick's group. The governor, in retaliation, because all of the people from Woodbury are not soldiers, he opens fire and starts killing the people of Woodbury, which is you know shows Insane. his his mental capacity. Uh, but the governor ends up escaping, and Rick's group returns to Woodbury to take in the survivors. But they're too late to save Andrea because they ended up the governor ended up tying her to a dentist chair and shooting one of his own men, locking that dead body in the room with her, waiting for it to turn and then bite her and feed on her. Thoughts. Yeah, that was a that was a, that was a season that was like that was a build up season. I felt like there wasn't like yeah, all these c- kind of things happened, but it wasn't like I didn't feel like the major major a lot of major stuff happened that season. It was it was it's the next season four. I felt like that. So was, let's get into season four. That was the one. Season four, they're still in the prison. A flu like infection spreads among the population, so that ends up like people end up dying mm-hmm. from this flu and end up becoming walkers. So it's again, like some kind of swine flu or something, right? Um, so because these people are infected, Carol takes the two people that are infected and burns their bodies, and Rick banishes Carol, her for that. Carol, what, what I like about Carol in the show, I did not think I would like her character. Right. And now, like, I love her character. In the in the comics, they make her out to be a... And, and she dies right quickly in the comics. Right. Um, but they make her out to be a very... Um, what's the word I want to look for? Uh, easy kind of girl and... A little, not not very strong, but very. Oh, she's, uh, she's very. She's a she's a weak willed. She's very she's, weak willed. She she like she, she asked for like fragile. a fragile. She asked for like a threesome with Rick and Laurie, and like it's it's some weird stuff. And she's been probably my favorite character. Yeah, uh, like on the show, one of my favorites. Like, yeah, definitely evolved. Um, but the governor returns, mm. and he encounters the Chambler family, and they join. He joins another group of survivors led by his former right hand man Martinez. What else happens? Well, the governor then murders Martinez and takes charge of the group, honing them into fighting a for uh, a fighting force. He turns on the plague weakened prison. So basically, he convinces this group that there's a bunch of like psychopaths yeah. living in this prison, and we need to take them out. Rick offers to share the prison uh, after the governor captures Michonne and Herschel. He ends up killing Herschel, mm-hmm. uh, which basically ignites hostility. Uh, the governor is ultimately killed, and the prison is at this point though is un- overrun by the walkers, and Rick's group then is scattered. Yep. And that's only the first half of the season. So let's stop there. Let's stop there for a second. Okay. The for the people that haven't read the comics, the brutality between um, the governor and Michonne is yep. nowhere near the brutality no, of the comic even, books. They can't you, even you, touch it. you can't even touch it. You can't even compare. This is one of those times I, I almost wish the show was on like HBO or something because right. uh, that was one of those scenes that was very intense for somebody who read the comics because you're like, wow, how are they going to do this? But that, that was one of my favorite parts of that, that season. But So we're only through the first half, though. Yeah, so. so the prison is overrun. So the gr- whole group is scattered. And because they're separated, the separated survivors each discover signs along railway lines advertising sanctuary, sanctuary at a place called Terminus. So everybody's making their way toward... Uh, Terminus, yeah. Glenn and Tara Chambler, who was uh, the sister of uh, the governor's girlfriend in the Cha- Chambler family, uh, end up joining up with what I think are probably the three closest looking characters to the comic books, Abraham, yep. Rosita, and Eugene. I think that the the part, the actors look very eerily very, similar yeah. to the comic they book do. counterparts. And Glenn is then reunited with Maggie, and they are the first to reach Terminus. While this is going on, Carol uh, ends up finding Ty- uh, Tyrese with baby Judith, which is Rick's Rick's kid, and, along with uh, 
two girls. I don't remember their names. I want to say it's like Mika and I can't remember the other girl's name. Um, but Skipping me too. Carol ends up meeting up with them. And I'm, somebody shut me up because now I can't think of it all the, the entire time. But uh, she secretly taught them to use weapons. And after one of them uh, basically kills her little sister, she tells her to uh, – She Carol basically ex- executes the older sister. Mm-hmm. Basically, the older sister um, – She wanted to kill the baby, remember? She wanted to kill the baby. She killed her younger sister because she thinks if they come back as walkers, yeah. they get to live forever. Yeah. And it was just – the girl was was troubled. And, and Carol's like, no, no, no. She has to be able to walk first. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you you know, you don't want to create a zombie that can't walk, you know? Um, but that's – it was crazy. And she told her to look, look at the daisies. Yep. Uh so that, was, that was very sad. There was, a, there was, was some uh, some people weren't too happy with that scene. Well, it makes I mean it makes for very interesting character dynamics. Yeah. Uh, Beth Green, Maggie's little sister, is kidnapped away from Daryl. She was a he, cute character, and he falls in with a gang that later reveal a vendetta against Rick. So Daryl, again, coming to terms with this new group that he's joined or his old group, he ends up signing with Rick, Carl, and Michonne to defeat them, and then they push on to reach Terminus. Those, when they actually arrive at Terminus, they are initially welcomed by the residents, but they're ultimately forced to disarm and locked inside a railway boxcar, which is the end of season four. That 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 part where we're talking <coughs> about Daryl siding with Rick and Carl and Michonne, is that the scene where Rick bites the guy's throat? Yes, because one of the guy, one of the members of this rival group, is threatening some pretty freaky and gross shit with Carl. Yeah, and and I remember that shocking me in the comic books and being just as shocking when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. gruesome. One thing, I love the special effects. We mentioned it before, but the special effects are great. Yep, definitely. The uh, this Wasn't this also the first time they split the season? I don't know if it's the first time, but... Because I don't think they split... Se- oh, no, this is season four or season three? Season this is season four. four. Yeah, so I think season three was split, too. Yeah. They're, and they're doing the same thing with season the seven. They said the first, kind of the first me. X amount of episodes are going to be yeah. the fall, and then it's coming back in February. Yeah. Yeah, I never liked the split thing. So, well... This brings us into season five. Okay. Uh, 2014 to 2015, we learn the residents of Terminus engage in cannibalism. Yeah. Carol, who's been, again, remember, she was she was uh, banished in season mm-hmm. three. She ends up uh, realizing that the group is at Terminus, and she ends up uh, using walkers to attack Terminus. They encounter, after they escape, uh, our, our heroes and our group escapes. They encounter Gareth, who's the leader of Terminus, and a small band of survivors who attempted to terrorize and prey upon Rick's group but are outmatched and killed. This is the season you were talking about that Eugene finally admits that he fabricated the story mm-hmm. about a cure in order to receive protection. So when we meet Rosita and Abraham and Eugene, basically their whole mission when they meet Glenn is we need to get Eugene to Washington, D.C. because he knows what caused this whole outbreak and he knows the cure, which is finally revealed in season five to be a lie. I just remember this destroying Abraham. Yeah, well, that was his whole mission. Yeah. That was what the that whole was thing like that was his driving. purpose to live. And right. it was just the look on his face. It was like a Tony Stark, uh, Captain America Civil War look on yes. his face. Yes, Where he was just like, what? <laughs> um, I, I like Abraham. I do too. I do too. Um, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen to him this season. Could he be the one? Could he be the one? Or could he be one of the ones? Never know. So while they escape Terminus, Daryl and Carol, which is 
kind of funny. Daryl and Carol find a marked car, which was the same marked car that Daryl saw driving away when Beth was kidnapped. I don't know why. I I, I, I find their sexual tension a little gross. I don't know why. Daryl and Carol? Yeah. I'd rather have them together than Daryl and Beth when they were hanging out. Everybody was talking about how they'd make such a cute couple. I'm like, in this world, like, granted, I know that like society has gone out the window because it's like this apocalypse type thing. Yeah. But Beth is still like a 17, 18 year old girl, and Daryl's like a 45 year old man. Like, and they're <laughs> like, oh, they should get together. I'm like, no, it's a brother sister relationship. That's, yeah. that's, but basically, they follow that marked car and they find Beth is being held in a nearby hospital ruled by morally compromised police officers. The Daryl stuff, now that we're recapping this, the Daryl stuff, Daryl's character, because this is the first time you kind of look at it from a big picture, the fact that he's not in the comics, it kind of makes it really, it does add a bit of interest for the people who, who um, you know, read the comics because, let's face it, like the scene where Daryl, the part where Daryl's with that other gang and then this part here, really what, <laughs> you know, wouldn't happen without the character. So it does bring some freshness right. to, to the show for those of you that read the comics. Right. Um, it's good stuff. So as they're following this car, Carol is hit by a car and taken by this group, and Daryl recruits the rest of the group to help. They capture several poli- police officers to make a trade, but after a brief standoff, it ends in Beth's death. How did you feel about that? I I mean, it, I was shocked. Like as far as the, that was one of those scenes that just... I was shocked. Um, one of the sadder moments. It was one of the... Because sa- of the way it happened. Well, this is the other thing, too. It's like you have Maggie, who... Basically lost her dad a couple seasons yep. ago. Herschel was Her executed. whole family. Right. Well, yeah, her whole family, but her father was executed in front of her in yep. the prison by the governor. The sister disappears. She doesn't know if she's alive or dead. Then finds out she's alive. She finally gets to the hospital, and you see Daryl carrying her lifeless body out. And if you watch that scene again, watch Lauren Cohan, her acting. Phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Very emotional scene. Um, the group decides to continue toward Washington, D.C., and as they're doing so, they're approached by Aaron, who offers them shelter at the Alexandria Safe Zone, a fortified suburban community led by Deanna Monroe. <laughs> so while they're there, Rick and Carol are considered uh, consider forcefully taking over the community while the others begin assuming leadership roles. So basically, Michonne, for example, becomes like almost like a security yep. person. Um, Both her and Rick are like constables. Right. And Rick's a little bit unhinged. At this yep. point, because he meets Jesse and then finds that Jesse's husband's kind of abusive mm-hmm. and ends up throwing him through a window. Uh, they have the town has a meeting to decide if what they're going to do with Rick, what's Rick's fate. Um, and as this is going on, Jesse's husband is drunk and he ends Jesse's husband accidentally executes a prominent resident um, who kills Deanna's husband. So then mm-hmm. Deanna, dejected, says, Rick, do it. And Rick puts a bullet in his brain right as Morgan arrives. And sees how Rick now Morgan, totally zen and totally cleansed of his craziness, now see sees Rick essentially nuts, executing yeah. a man right in front of him, and that's how season five ends. I, I I didn't like Deanna at first, and then when I was just starting to like her, is when she got she got off. Yep. Um, the other thing I can say about the season, I remember when Aaron was first introduced, people of the com- people who read the comics knew kind of what was going on, but people of the show were like. I don't trust him. I right. don't trust him. You were hearing that. Well, like, there's so many times. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, the boy that cried wolf, and that's what's amazing, because you see all these, like, scenarios where it's people like one you time, you yeah, can trust. It, it, sometimes you can't trust people. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you do luck out. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was a fun part. That was season five, and yep. then moving into season six, which was last year, 2015 to 2016. Um, basically, 
uh, there's a lot of uh, volunteers from Alexandria who want to help lure a nearby horde of walkers away from the community. Uh, then this is when the wolves decide to invade. So these wolves are deranged individuals that carve W's into their forehead. Um, and an invasion by the deranged wolves results in a large herd of walkers breaking off to surround Alexandria. The walls hold for a bit before the walkers eventually overrun the community, trapping the, trapping the residents indoors. This also leads to a scene where they again try to reenact uh, rubbing the guts on them. Uh, Jesse and her two sons, as well as Rick and Carl, are walking Freaking off. Freaking out. <laughs> and this is a scene from the comics. Yep. Um, basically, it's a little bit different, but uh, Jesse's walking. She's holding the hand of her youngest son. The kid freaks out. Mm-hmm. And Carl got a new face. Well, we're getting there. The little kid freaks out. Walkers end up eating him. And then in the comic book, I don't know if it happened in the show because I can't recall, but Jesse won't let go of Carl's hand. Uh, and Rick ends up so. Rick ends up chopping yeah. off her hand or, or whatnot. To, yeah. So basically, her son gets, I think his name is Sam. Her son gets, uh, so basically the older son gets to see Rick kill his father, watches a walker eat. His little brother. His little brother. Rick basically... You know, I don't know if he attacks the mother or not to letting go of Carl, but basically his mother gets eaten, Jesse gets eaten, and then he decides to have enough. He pulls out a gun and goes to shoot Rick. Michonne runs him through with her katana, makes his aim go off. He shoots Carl and basically takes off a piece of his face. So now Carl is missing an eye. That was pretty pretty intense scene. That's one of those real intense ones. Yep. So after all that, Rick and Michonne inspire the community because Rick, as Carl is on the operating table, Rick just goes off. And basically, he just starts killing everything in sight. And that inspires the rest of the town, uh, basically, to to get into action and start... Yeah. Um, so get off your asses, people. Learn, yep. learn to survive. Uh, so this is moving into some of the newer stuff. Later, the community faces a food shortage where they meet Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, called Jesus. He invites them to trade with Hilltop. So Alexandra and Hilltop. Rick leads a team. So basically, going to Hilltop, um, there's a group called the Saviors. And, you know, they're having Hilltop is basically giving 50% to the saviors. So Rick's like, we'll wipe them out. And then you can give us 50%. We'll share with Alexandria and we'll be more of a community than these jerks that are just taking taking it it. because they can. So he leads a team to wipe out a nearby compound of the extortionist saviors and executes a man claiming to be their leader, Negan. And this is the first time that Glenn has ever taken a human life, which is a huge piece. Um. The saviors remain a threat, though, and seek to take prisoners as leverage against Alexandria. And we get the images of the bat. Well, we're not there yet. Carol is saved by the uh, pacifist Morgan uh, when she flees to resolve her troubled conscience. So basically, she's just sick of all the killing. She goes and she runs across she a, goes all road warrior. a pickup truck yeah. of like four or five saviors, and she ends up getting shot, and she ends up killing most of them. And then Morgan ends up saving her life. Uh, Maggie, who is pregnant, suffers some complications, and Rick's group attempts to get her to the Hilltop Colony for medical care. On their way, uh, they find that the Saviors have blockaded the main route with debris, forcing them to try another. The group finds themselves being trapped at every turn and psychologically tormented, tormented. Being grouped together now, finally having nowhere else to go, forced to their knees, Rick's group must listen to Negan at gunpoint where he determines they should be punished for killing his men. And that's what we'll get into. And you'll hear that clip of what Negan plans to do. He's going to kill one of them. And how he decides is very like crazy and eerie and, and just kind of psycho. And you'll hear that at the break. So we'll be back after these messages. After these messages. 
messages. We'll be right back. Are you ready to upgrade your office space or living area for an affordable price? Stop by Pachico's Furniture, where you can expect a delightful shopping experience, all while saving you some of your hard-earned money. Pachico's Furniture specializes in used furniture, antiques, jewelry, electronics, video games, Blu-ray, DVD, musical instruments, and much, much more. Whether buying or selling, we strive on being Fall River's finest second-hand store. Pachico's Furniture is a family-owned and operated business located on 663 Bedford Street, formerly Billy's Cafe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Come on by. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Anybody says anything, cut the boy's other eye out and feed it to his father, and then we'll start. You can breathe. You can blink. You can cry. Hell, you're all gonna be doing that. And welcome back to Free Your Geek. And that was the end of season six with Negan bashing in some unlucky, fortunate soul, bashing their skull. Take it like a champ. Yeah, exactly. He took it like a champ. Now, before I, I, is there anything else you want to add? I want to talk about who we think it is. But before we do that, do you have any other uh, final thoughts on season um, six? I think it was a really interesting season. Um, Jesus or Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I like to say Jesus. I don't know. I'll just rolls <laughs> off the tongue better. I know he's called Jesus. But um, I think a lot of people didn't know what to make of Jesus at first. No. Because he kind of came in and he, he's, he's tricking them. Did you get now, because Jeffrey, you read the comics. So did you get the same feeling about, because Jesus in the comics to me at first felt like this very mystical kind of guy. Like he was always. Like Jesus. Yes. Yeah. But in the show, did you get that same feeling? No. I thought he was more like a grifter, like a, a con artist type. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, so I was kind of, I was kind of, I, I was happy with the fact that it didn't feel that way. Yeah, I didn't want it to feel like this mystical kind of character. Um, I think the other thing, the other big thing, was the introduction to the kingdom. Seeing the horses, a lot of people who haven't read the comics had no idea what that was about. So we talked a little bit earlier with the question and yep. answer um, portion on industry news because it starts with Morgan returning the guy's horse, right? And Ezekiel 
is going to be the leader of the kingdom. So we were introduced to one of Ezekiel's knights. Is that what they call him? I forget. I think so. Yeah, the, the but one of one of his his soldiers or his knights, and we're introduced to that that whole group or the introduction to that group, which we're going to find more about in season. You, seven. you know what? I, you know what? I really <laughs> am curious to see because even in the comics, we don't get a good visual of the kingdom as a whole. Because when we think the kingdom, but we don't really see in the comics um, the landscape of it that much. I'm curious to see. Well, I think they'll flesh it out. I, I'm just curious to see if they if they do show like a kind of a landscape of of what the kingdom is because they kind of describe it as isn't isn't it behind like some hills or something? It's like hidden away because it's hidden away, sort of, isn't it? If I remember correctly, it's been a I, while since I, I read believe, that part. Yeah, it's it's, no, it's, it, it's in years. a place because it's remember it's off of Negan's radar because Negan doesn't know about the kingdom. If that's I remember true. correctly, I believe so. Right. It's hidden somewhere, and that that's the picture that I try to get in my head. So I'm curious to see in the show. Kind of where where uh, geographically does the kingdom fall? Very good point. Very you know? good point. I don't know. I don't yeah. know the answer to that. But that's that's something worth uh, you know anticipating. Yeah. So moving forward, who do you think got their skull bashed in? <sighs> you know, I, I've had more time to contemplate it, and I I'm thinking. I, at first, I was saying it was either Glenn or Daryl. I still want to say it's Daryl because I think that was my original. If we go back to when we first talked about it, I think Daryl was kind of you know having the the other show and and kind of not really being in the comics at all. It might be a good time for him to to move on. I know he's doing other things now too, like he he's is. doing some video games and stuff. So he's he's doing some stuff. Um, and then you know Glenn, uh, you know was my second choice. You know Glenn, the way he almost died and then didn't die. You know where Jeffrey almost had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn is my favorite character. Yeah, he, he's he's boss for you. Yeah, he he's he's just I think he's I don't know. But now, the more I'm thinking about it, it could be Abraham. Reason why I'm thinking about it this way is I think Glenn is a very likable character to people. I think people people will be very uh, distraught. People like yourself who you know watch the show and Glenn's one of your favorite characters. Um, I think Abraham. Is more sacri- is more can can be more of a sacrificial lamb, um, in in this in this regards, and I I think there's a lot of people that won't lose any sleep over Abraham being gone, and <coughs> it's kind of like a it pulls the pulls the, uh, the pulls like a tri- pu- rips at the strings of everybody's hearts, and then you get in it's like, oh, it's just Abraham, okay. you know, because I think most people aren't really too See, into Abraham. Okay, here's my pick, I think it's Glenn. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Glenn. I want it. I want it to be Daryl. I, I. I don't. I'm not a fan of Daryl's. I, I see. I like Daryl. I just think he's he's being. It's it's almost like he's no given, same theory. Like he's the Wolverine. Wolverine of he's the, like the, oh, I'm the, the I'm the badass, and I'm always gonna be. And it's like yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's like don't make it. It's, it shouldn't. The sh- one show. The show should never be about one character. And I think that's what it's kind of like trending here, towards. Here, here's here's how I'll put it. I want it to be Daryl. <laughs> but my 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 heart just kind of knows it's Glenn. Yep. And then my my intelligent own opinion is I want it to be Abraham. And I I I'm thinking about it's going to be Glenn from a, a couple of standpoints because we talked about his we kind of alluded to it, but he's had a couple of near death experiences in the last season. Yeah. Uh, one when 
Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but they were on the dumpster and yeah. he fell, and the guy fell on top of him. And the, you saw, I saw knew from day from as soon as that happened that he wasn't dead. A lot of people were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Right, no. it was because it was gruesome." And I, I was, I was, I had a lump in my throat, and, and he wasn't on Talking Dead that night, right? But st- that gave it away. That's that's not a, a kind. Most of the time, they do so, do that, but okay. My point with that though is he ended up coming back, and he ended up taking his first human life, which is something he's never done. Mm. And as he's doing so at the camp, he looks up and sees pictures of bashed in There's skulls. There's a connection there. Yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, kind of a for, uh, foreshadowing. Nightmare come to life. Well, yeah, but it's, it's kind of like it's, it's, it's foretelling his fate. It's foreshadowing what's yeah. going to happen to him. Um, I think that would be, you know, I think that's smart writing. And, you know, if, if we're a purist, I know that the show breaks away from the comics in a lot of different points. Yeah. But I still think you know it's going to be true to that. It, it, I don't think it's any of the women. I I don't know about that either. But I I think my number one pick right now. I, I mean I think it could be Maggie. Because that how how screwed up would that be if he bashes in a pregnant woman's yeah. skull? Yeah, it might be too much for TV. They showed so a kid's face yeah. being blown off. Yeah, and they also killed the little girls. Um. I think Maggie, though, is not that it matters because of what they did with Andrea's character, but Maggie in the comics is still a huge part of the but comics. We've seen, but we've seen it with Andrea. They've, where taken, they, they've put yeah. storylines. They, they're basically yeah. using Andrea's storyline with Michonne right now. Yep. So um, it's interesting. It's interesting. So those are the, the, So you say Abraham or Glenn, and I say Glenn or Maggie. I want it to be Daryl, but I, it's, I don't think it's going to be at this point. Here's the I used to think it was going to be. But. I know everybody, like there's, there's hardcore fans of the show that are basically cursing you right now for saying Daryl. I know. And it's, All the ladies are cursing you, you me. Need to, you need to understand, and that's that's the point. Like This is this is the thing that, that frustrates me, is that it's almost like the show, Daryl is bigger than the show, and that's not the way it should be. He might Rick, as well be the top billed actor. But that's at this what I'm saying. Point. Rick shouldn't even be a, a, a safe character in this show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think the biggest badass that's going to be coming out of the show, as far as a character is going to be, is going to be Carl. I think Carl, because this is my this is my recollection with that. Carl has been has basically seen his innocence be destroyed, like taken away from him. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was like an eight year old kid or whatever when this started, and now he's like you know a fifteen year old kid. And it's just like it, you, he's basically grown cold, not cold to we've the world. We've seen him. But yeah, we've, we've seen all sides of him. He's adapted. You know what yeah. I mean? He was, you know, even in the first season or two, he was like, he just, he's that little kid that wants to wear his dad's hat. Yeah. And now he's just like this, like, like he's becoming a leader. He, he still has heart. And that's the interesting thing because you would think a, a child or a teenager seeing all this would be. Uh, get distraught. And I think it really shows the bond between him and Rick and that? how Rick has made him. And he's the grown, he's he grown up a lot faster than his age. Yeah. I think that's the other big. It's thing. almost like you know how the you know how when, when Rick was losing it, it's almost like Carl's learned how to come back from that stuff at a younger age, and it takes him a shorter time to figure things out because we see Carl do things we don't like. Right. We we see him do we see him do things we don't like a lot, um, especially was when he shot some he shot an innocent person uh, not an innocent person but somebody who was unarmed or or was armed but wasn't shoot. I forget what the situation was but it was somebody he shouldn't have, he was not supposed to shoot um and that but instead of that 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 whole mentality of his lasting three or four episodes it was like one episode or two episodes and it was done and i he, he seems to get through his <sighs> his ups and downs quicker than everybody else and plus i think he he's 
because he's grown up in this world, I think he rationalizes a lot more. Because again, you're you're still when you're that young, even eight years old, your opinion on the world is still like forming. You're still yeah. learning. So like the the scene I'm even like kind of like taken aback by is when Lori's dying, he kills her because he knows she's he knows die. it's yeah. He's like it's something that has to be done, and he's. Not to say he's not distraught by doing it, because Rick is obviously a lot more distraught in that scene, mm-hmm. and Carl's a lot more solemn and just kind of like broody. But it's just like he had to do what he had to do. He knows it had to be done, and that he's a product of this world, learning in this. I, this I'm world. starting to like him more and more. Yeah, he. I think he's going to become. He's going to become the badass of the, the show. The actor's done. Uh, what's Chandler Chan- Riggs? Chandler Riggs. Yeah, yeah he, he's done a phenomenal job with that, and I think. Uh, what's his name that played Herschel? Uh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Scott Wilson. Yep. I remember he was saying that uh, talking to him one time, just watching Chandler grow as an actor and as a person. That uh, you know he does a phenomenal job. Yeah, um, I think he's, he's done fantastic. a great job with that character. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I. It's gonna be an interesting season, man. I yeah. I am so psyched for the so, season. So final tally, you can only pick one. I'm gonna say Glenn. Glenn's the Glenn's <sighs> at the end of the bat. I just want to see who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong. Maybe we're both going to be you wrong. You know what? You just, know what? Just you're saying, Glenn. Yeah. I'm going to say Daryl because I want it to be Daryl. Okay. But you did pick Abraham at one point. I, yeah. But you're you're finalizing with Daryl. Fi- I want to finalize. I'm going to finalize with. That Glenn. was my original, so I'm going to finalize with it. So you're picking Daryl to die, which is going to upset probably 75 to 80 percent of the female <laughs> get hate viewers, mail. and maybe <laughs> like 30 or 40 percent. Nobody sends mail anymore. We'll get angry tweets. Um, and I'm saying Glenn's going to be the one that dies. Get some hate emails. But anyway, <laughs> those are who we're finalizing on who dies. Okay. Speaking of dying, let's get into our list for the final countdown because we're going to segue. It's a different countdown. Exactly. So we're going to go from the people right now where it's, we're predicting who's going to die, and the final countdown is the people we wish were not dead. So let's get into our final countdown. It's the final countdown. Final countdown. So we're going to start with, it's a top three. Final countdown. Thank you. KB, you're doing a lot of whispering for the whisperers. That's interesting. Uh, we're going to start with number three. Uh, obviously go to two, then to one, but we're going to basically rank the three characters from the TV show that we wish were still alive in the TV show, whether it has to do with storylines from the comics or just because we like the character on the show. So KB, why don't you start with your number three? My number three is going to be Tyrese. Um, I really liked Tyrese's character. Here was a guy who was just so, uh, here's the gentle giant trying to survive in this world of brutality. And he basically is, um, he, he, he's lost all the time. Can you ever remember a time, Jeffrey, where Tyrese wasn't, didn't feel like he was lost? No, you're you're absolutely he, right. So his story was constantly interesting. It was constantly going and constantly changing, and he never seemed to get to the point of like we've seen Rick go to the you know go to the dark side and come back. We've seen Carl go to that bad place and come back. We've seen a lot of these characters go to the bad place and come back. With him, I always felt like we were just teeter tottering in his whole, and I really would have liked to seen him come to some kind of res, uh, you know, uh, resolution in his mind 
uh, before he died. The way he the way he died was also interesting. Um, seeing the the pictures of the two the two boys um, in the house that he was in, and he 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 gets distracted. And uh, one of the guys that uh, I, I think that he had captured before basically says, you know, you're the guy that saves babies. So, you know, you don't, you, you don't, you, you have to pay the bill to live. You have to do what you have to do to survive. So he was always teeter-tottering on that, even with the, with the, 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 the girls, with Carol and, and that whole thing. He was always teeter-tottering. So I just, I just really, I liked him too. I liked the character. Um, I, I liked the way that he, I remember in the, in the comic books, he went out in the gym, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, they were in a gym it's been and it got over him. I believe but so. But yeah, so he went out a, a different way. Um, but I just think he was just a great character, and he—I just love that he was on the fence, and he, he, his storyline was just always interesting. He was always uh, just contemplating, and it was—it was nice. I liked it, so I—I I, I wish Tyrese was back. My number three. My number three is a villain from this series, the Governor. I would think a lot of people would hate you. <laughs> well, no, here's the reason. <laughs> so why. many people hated the Governor. I think that David Morrissey, who played the Governor, fantastic, um, fantastic actor. And he's a lot. Uh, he's a different version of the governor in the show than he was in the comic books. I think he's just he brings a little bit more. He's like a little bit more suave and a little bit more charming. And I would love to see him like another season or so of him. Like you know, they killed him off, but I would love to see him like at his wits end. Everything has been taken from him, and just see him even more unhinged than he was. Based on everything you know, Governor or Negan. As far as villain, yeah, who's the batter villain? Well, I mean, talk, well, okay, so I'll, I, I got to put a caveat in there because as of right now, I haven't seen enough of Jeffrey Dean Morgan yep. to know how he's going to be playing Negan. As far as the show right now, I'd have to say Governor. If we're talking comic books, I'd say or, Negan. Or the, just the the mentality of the two characters, because <laughs> you think about it, one is very like you said, suave and more smooth and more diabolical in his thinking and in his uh, persuasion, so right. to speak. Where Negan is what we know from the comics is brutality and right. fear. So there's a different which maybe that's the real question. Which more which is more villainous to you? The attitude, personality take on personality taken on by the character of the governor or the brutality of Negan? What is a more villainous way to be? Oh, and we're talking strictly comic books? Yeah. Because we or, haven't or seen both. enough we well, we haven't seen enough of Negan. No, on, no, I'm on, just saying as a villainous trait. Oh, as a as villainous a trait, trait. I would say I would say the governor, yeah, because I'm thinking that Negan Negan is brutal. Uh, brutal. He's like like you said, his brutality. He's he's you know, but he's surviving. He it's it's his way of surviving. Yeah. It's it's not the way I agree with it, but I think the governor is more like merciless and again, comic book wise, I think he's just a bigger prick. Yeah, but I think that Negan for sure is more brutal and more violent in a way. But I, I, his motives are a little bit easier to understand. Yeah, I, I, I think the governor's mentality is more evil, too, because at least with Negan and the brutality, you know where you stand. Right. Where the diabolical governor, you don't know where you stand. Right, and Negan, Negan's basically, it's a payback for... What's going on? Killing yeah. one of his, you know, killing his folks and stealing his shit. Yeah. He's kind of like, okay, I'm going to do... You need to be paid back. Like, I'm running things. I'm a tyrant. But I'm not going to be an ass about it, a total ass about it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to steal fifty percent of your stuff. But I'm going to, it's, I'm protecting you, quote unquote. And it's like, yeah. yeah, you don't agree with it and and whatnot. But it's also 
kind of like I understand but that. ruling through fear. I understand yeah. that mentality in a post-apocalyptic world. It's yeah. it's kind of like saying, you know, uh, if you want to go back to like comic book realm, like the Joker versus like Rachel Ghoul. Like yes, Rachel Ghoul is evil, but there's a reason as to why he's there's doing this. Where the Joker it. is just more archaic and and yeah. and chaotic. That's a good way to compare the two. So that's that's how I, I look yeah. at it. Um, but that's who I'd want to see back just for no- another season just to see what he would do. So what, what was it about him? Just uh... I just like the actor, and I like the way the character was written. It's totally different from the comic books, and I'd like to see him. Yep. We saw him a little bit unhinged when he took out the town of Woodbury. when they, they And then we saw him kind of like redeem himself a little bit with his family and then run into the group again and then kind of flip. I, was, I would like to see him. I was going to say, what did, you, what did you think about his attachment to his daughter and him, you know, her being chained and being you know zombie you know a walker and chained and not letting go do you think that's like a weakness or how, how did you feel about well that? not being a parent i can't comment on the love for your child but to me it's like I'm, I'm thinking of if this was a child of mine somebody i brought into the world it's the last thing in this world that i i've made i've created it's the, the light of my life and it's been taken from it was me. the last good thing inside of him right and then once michonne did her thing makes him a bit of a tragic figure <coughs> oh absolutely yeah so but I just, I'd like to see him be even more unhinged. Good with the, character, with the actor. good so that's, writing. Yeah, that's my number three, KB. Cool. My number two is, I think, a character most people really, really, really liked. Um, and that's Herschel. I think I, I, I can't think of anybody who's ever said they don't like Herschel. Um, Herschel, to me, what I really liked about Herschel was his development. In the comic books, he dies off pretty quickly. He dies off in the farm killing, uh, in the in the, the, the farm uh, invasion by the walkers. Um, in in the show, I like how at first he's in such he's in this place of denial, where he's just denying the tr- you know the truth, you know keeping all the uh, what his wife and other family members the and neighbors, neighbors yeah. and keeping them in the barn and thinking that you know they're just diseased and they you know they can be cured eventually and all this, and his whole hope in in kind of a uh, being what a Catholic Christian whatever it is, um, and then. That turning point when the barn is opened, and you know his 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 wife uh, Shane and the the others they they kill they kill his wife they kill everybody who's in there, and you see that breakdown, and then you see kind of the whole uh, well it was probably even before that was the when he went to the bar and was drinking or was it no it was right after the barn incident, and uh, you see the character change, you see the character develop in a way that really made a lot of sense because sometimes the, the way they develop some characters that make a, a isn't very clear it was very clear what his what he how he was transitioning and i really like that and i like that he was his role in the prison i think was what probably captured a lot of people's minds of how he was rick's voice he was he was the voice of reason he was the voice of reason behind rick and the bond that him and rick had was just I thought it was a great it was great a fa- thing for the father son it was a father son mentor <laughs> mentee in life kind of thing um, and I just thought it was a great bond and he also it, it, you know his foot being amputated kind of was was an interesting thing like Rick had saved his life and now in the comic books that's Rick losing his hand yes but um. If I remember correctly, it's it's, it's wasn't it, didn't Dale didn't Dale lose his leg? I forget. So, Meryl so. lost his lost his hand too in the beginning, right? But as far as if you are role reversing that, as far as people in that camp, it, it you know in the comic books, Rick loses the hand, 
because um, Herschel doesn't exist. It was like the same type of scene. It was in the prison, I think, and that I think that's where Rick Walls is in. But um, the I think the biggest thing was that well, the two biggest things is when Herschel says, "Rick, you can come back." When Rick felt completely lost and, and Rick was confiding in Herschel. So he was that voice of reason and that voice of caring and somebody that Rick... Because Rick really can't go to other people with his problems. Even now, we see that it's tough for Rick to go to other people with his problems. That's why Michonne, I think, is good for him in the show. But at the, in, you know, it, at the time, when all this other stuff was going on, before Michonne, I felt like that was the person for Rick. So Herschel, to me, is just... Yeah, he's just one of those characters. Um, and then the way he died. I think everybody was very heartbroken the way he died. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Herschel's my number two. I, I would love to have seen him on the show longer. I absolutely agree with that. And I think, like, like you said, uh, he was kind of the confidant Rick, Rick went to. And just that voice of reason, because there's been comparisons to Rick now or even in later seasons yeah. to the way Shane was in season one. Yes. Like Rick was like, Shane's yep. like a barbarian. He's out of control. No, Shane was just ahead of the curve. You know, you think I mean? about it, yeah. So Rick has become like worse than Shane ever was, but again, Shane would have evolved to a certain point too, which I think is kind of interesting. Shane wouldn't have evolved as far, I don't think, because I th- I felt like Shane was <coughs> Shane Shane was more lost because of what happened with Laurie. Yes, but I think he, he went also, a little more. But he also nutty, understood. Nutty. He also understood the way the Survival. world was was going, you know. And I think he was ahead of the curve in that yeah. respect. But I think that Herschel was able to bring Rick back a little bit to more of a, a, a moral and, and kind of like an ethically better place. Like even when yeah. Rick is given that speech, so the, the, his death scene that you mm-hmm. were talking about, yeah. the governor executes Herschel. Uh, he kidnaps Michonne and Herschel, mm-hmm. and he's basically he has uh, Michonne's katana to Herschel's neck, and he's like basically telling Rick, you and your folks get out of there. We're taking over the prison. And Rick was like, "We can share this. There's still hope from for for all of us. We can always come back from the brink." Speaking in the words of Herschel, right? And you can see Herschel's face lighting up that Rick finally gets it. Yeah. And that's when the governor kind of is like, "So he, you're, you're he, a liar." And he knows Maggie and Glenn are in in the right hands. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's very interesting. So yeah. that's a good number two. Yeah, that's my number two. Yep. My number two, actually, oddly enough, is Herschel's daughter, Beth Green. Okay. Uh, played by Emily Kinney. I felt like we didn't get enough of her, but I, I want to hear your I reasoning. Think, I think we then that was by design, uh, especially in the prison episodes. I think she was just where we saw kind of like we were talking about a little earlier about Carl kind of growing up in this world and becoming like just more accustomed to it and a little bit not colder, but just like, okay, this is the way the world works. It's fine. And a little bit more like, okay, I got to do what has to be done. Mm-hmm. I think Beth was you know 16 when we first met her, so I think she'd kind of already grown into the young lady that she was going to be mm-hmm. and her, her viewpoints weren't going to change. I think it get to the point where she represented almost like an innocence to the show. Like, this is what you're striving toward. This is the type yeah. of world you want to grow into where somebody who hasn't grown up, you know, or hasn't been raised necessarily by this apocalypse, who's already been raised in the normal world, and this is what you're striving to mm-hmm. get back to, just this sweet, loving, like, kind of community and kind of, you know group of people where it's just it's more of a family like bond and she was like, a cute girl too are you talking about from a attractive standpoint yeah yes no she was, she was very cute she girl. was gorgeous gorgeous girl and i can say that because emily kinney was like 28 playing a 16 year old girl yeah. so I'm not, i don't want to be a creep about it but yeah she's very pretty girl um but my my point here is she represented an innocence on this show like this is this is your end goal this which, is what you want to bring people back to which 
hope makes, makes hope. me think makes me think that you said that because that innocent that innocence was going away in the hospital. Right. But again, and, and that could have been what that that you yeah. know her character arc and that's that's her undoing. Maybe yeah. you know, but but I just think that I think she was like again going back to those prison scenes, like everybody is like down and out and depressed. She's going and she's singing a song and yeah. she's raising the spirits and she's just like, Okay, this girl Her and Maggie singing around the campfire. <coughs> It's it's yeah. just like one of these things. It's just like a okay. It's a something somebody to lift your spirits, and it's not all dark and bleak. Somebody seeing some light, depressing, yeah. and there's a light. And then when she was that, and that's why some people were like, "Oh yeah, she was you know cannon fodder. It's okay." And and other people were like extremely upset by her death because she was bringing that light, mm. that hope to these cast of characters in this depressing morbid dark world and there hasn't been anything like that in the show since no and that's why i think a piece of the show a piece of the light of the show has been lost and that's by design yeah because they want it they want it needs to be dreary right but i i just i would like to see more of her in the show and i would like to see her still on the show because things are about to get you know things are about to go to hell and uh, yeah this is gonna be a crazy season so that's my number two that's a good pick like that's a pick i i wouldn't think of yeah you know, like like you said. Um, okay, so on to number one. On to number one. My number one, and a lot of people will probably boo me, and, you know. Um, but Andrea. Now, this is going to be more based off her comic counterpart, or just... A little bit of both. Okay, okay. go for be- it. Because give me, give the, me your reasoning, my, my, my thing is, if you, if you read the comics, and you know Andrea's story, and how it unfolds in the comics, and the fact that she's still alive, she's practically a mother to Carl now. Carl even calls her mom. Um... Yeah, she she is the she's almost that consciousness to Rick now for for Rick now in the comics um, behind it, Con, not not like Herschel was, but the, she 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 gives him some comfort. It more in a, more in the the eyes of um somebody who <coughs> can take the load off him versus and comforting. And that's what I think they're doing with Michonne, Michonne. right now yep. because like she's taking that storyline from her because even like the the scenes in the the show with the comic books. Yep. And the stuff like that, where she's getting him stuff on yeah. runs. It's yep, definitely. And I, I think the thing is, is, is her character with, um, you know, with the governor. I think that the character got a bad rap, um, you know, with everything that happened with the governor. And if we got past that point, if we got past that point, remember, at one point she goes to the prison to try to talk to Rick, and then, you know, she eventually discovers, you know, what goes on with the governor, and all that. But once we get past that point, her character is very, very. Um, interesting. Uh, I, I think the the thing with Dale was also <laughs> a little different because the comic books actually have that relationship, you know, that sexual tension that Dale had for her um, <laughs> uh, actually comes to fruition in the uh, in the comic books. So there was just a lot of great things you could do with the character. I really did like the actress, and I just thought that the role was, um, you know, could have been a lot more underdeveloped. Than, uh, underdeveloped is the Jeffrey <sighs> hit it right on the head. Underdeveloped. Um, and I like that what we saw of her in the show, she did start, start off soft. Remember? Like she, she started off scared with her sister, with her sister and stuff. And then it was Shane who basically molded her into the, you know, the bad, the, the, the the bad chick that she is. And I don't mean bad in a bad way. I mean, bad as in able to survive, like badass. Um, and, and she's, uh, you know, she was a survivor and somebody that could fight through things and, you know, uh, her and Michonne were kind of like the perfect pair, if you think about it. 
so it's just, yeah, she's just a really good character, and I just wish they developed her more, and we got to see more of her. I think they could have did a lot with her. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number one. My number one is played by actor Michael Rooker, and he's Daryl's brother, and that would be Merle. So we haven't seen. I hated Merle. Okay, so so Merle, Merle, and Daryl because he was a good actor. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the story of Merle to me is that of a redemption story. We first meet him; he's a racist. He's a racist prick. Kind of, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's not a, just when he first meets him; he always is. <laughs> no, but he's a, he's a dickhead. Yeah, a, total total you know transparency. So was Daryl when you first met him. They're they're two sides of the same coin. I always thought I always felt like Daryl was following Merrill's lead, though. Right, and 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 that's that's my point. So we saw that Daryl was basically walking in Merrill's footsteps yep. at the beginning. Now here's the interesting point: until they meet Woodbury. up, until Woodbury, those two actors are never on screen together. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Merrill gets handcuffed, and Daryl, I don't think, has any interaction with Merrill. Yeah, because that's right. Merrill goes to Atlanta with with, with them the group, in the beginning, right? And and, yeah. and that's and he never, and, you know. And then you go back to camp, and Daryl's like, "Where's my brother?" And they go back for him, and they find his hand cut off. Yeah. So I just think it's a great character arc, and I, I love the way they handled it. I just would have liked to have seen more of the interaction between the two brothers, mm-hmm. because we saw Merle essentially starting off like you like I'll call, I'll use the same term an asshat, yeah. And then he kind of you know starts being the right hand man, no pun intended, for the governor. Yeah. And then he basically ends up again joining up with Rick's group. They now both end up as right hand men. Daryl's kind right, of Rick's right hand man right. too. But then we see toward the end, before they kill off his character, Merle starts following in the footsteps of Daryl, as it was the other way around at the yeah. beginning. But of it was the too series. late at that point. But it was a redemption story, yeah. and he died going out re- redeeming yeah. himself pretty much because he's trying to take out the governor solo, so the group doesn't have to. Yeah, and he ends up dying because of it. I would have liked to seen probably another half season to a full season of just the interaction of him kind of coming back from that that brink of uh, you know evil, if you will, for lack of a better term, where that nastiness and kind of redeeming redeeming himself over a, a fuller part of the season and then dying. I I did enjoy how they brought him back so long after he went missing. <laughs> no, and, and that, was awesome. that was awesome. That was fantastic. You don't expect an actor to come back sometimes. But it was they, one of those things kind of where I think the redemption story it would have had more of an impact. I mean. I wasn't like caught up so much with his death. I, it didn't really yeah. affect me. But how awesome would it have been from from a stor- storytelling standpoint if you had three or four more episodes of him kind of you know redeeming himself and forming that bond and being a more of a stand up guy and coming back from the brink yeah. only to die? We don't. Yeah, we don't get a good picture of the relationship or anything about the past with him and Daryl. There's like one walk that they have yeah. in the woods when they're when they're after Woodbury, after their fight to the death or whatever. They go out and they're walking in the woods or something and, and then they start talking about, oh, dad did this and blah, 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 blah. I, but that's all we got. Right. We got nothing else. And, and I would have loved to have seen at least Some another six episodes. It didn't have to be like full stories and full story arcs and Even full a couple hours. more. Even a couple but more. Like, no, yeah. But like 10 minutes per episode just showing him Redeeming himself, becoming a better person, and, and trying to work within the group. I mean, he doesn't have to lose his attitude or his snarkiness yeah. or, or whatever else it might be. But to go back to that and, and just to to be that tragic character at the end, to see him coming so far from the brink and start making you know a turn for the good, and then 
you take them out and kill them instead of just like a you know a couple episodes, four or five episodes. If you do it for a full like you know, yeah, because it's only like one episode. I don't. Know. It was like it was like, a handful, yeah. but I mean like it was one of those things where no, but I mean where he came back, where you felt yeah. like he was back. Where yeah, you felt like not back, but you felt like he was turning. He, the he could turn in that yeah. new leaf, and yeah. yeah, I figure if you if you give a couple more episodes for that to sink in, and you start liking him again, and then, then you then, take oh, him away, yeah. that's going to hit harder to the viewers. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my that's number. That's a good one. number one. You're always so, well thought out, Jeffrey. You're always right? well thought out, man. Well, thank you, thank you, KB. Um, so that's that about wraps up the show. I'm I'm very excited again. I can't wait this man. Sunday. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be six minutes longer, so we're going to have a one hour and six minute episode. So one more probably commercial break, and then yeah, yeah four more minutes of commercial. Four more? No, probably Three two more, more minutes of commercials <laughs> and four more minutes of content. But again, this Sunday, the 23rd, Walking Dead season watch seven it. on AMC, you have definitely. To watch it. Um, before we go out, let's throw up the bat signal. Uh, we'll talk about Twitter, Instagram, YouTube for your geek, KB, our Facebook page for your geek yep. podcast. Yep, covers of the week. Covers of the week, Always Marvel DC. Stuff. Again, uh, kudos to the you know Breast Cancer Awareness yeah. Month for yeah, the month of October. Those, yep. those Thor covers, awesome. Uh, our website, Jay Free the Geek. And before I'm going to let you throw out your catch, our catchphrases, typically my catchphrases, technically. But before we do that, uh, I just want to plug the clip that we're going out to. It's actually from the end of season four. It's a, it's the unedited speech uh, that Rick gives to those that are essentially trapped within the railway boxcar at Terminus. He gives a speech to the group that uh, they're going to feel the, the Terminus folks are going to feel pretty stupid. We'll get into that. And, Put your uh, earmuffs on, children. Yeah, yeah. Children, uh, there's, some, there's some language in there. But KB, before we play that, go out with our catchphrases. Start your weekend with your geek friends and get your geek on. Thanks, everybody. They're going to feel pretty stupid when they find out. Find out what? still here it's over go home